Economic reforms in South Sudan and the Nigerian stock exchange hits yet another all-time high. From over 1,200 cities and 128 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. In today's episode, we are in South Sudan talking about economic reform. A cold off managing partner at RS Consult joins us for this episode. What's the current state of the South Sudan economy amid the Sudan crisis? The state of South Sudan's economy is currently stable. The biggest challenges facing the economy have been the reduction in oil prices and also the Sudan crisis, which erupted in April of this year. South Sudan is facing pressure with migrants coming from Sudan, which is increasing its demand to import a lot of products. And then also there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the pipeline that extends to Sudan's port Sudan, which South Sudan uses to export all of its crude. So that has been. So the Sudan crisis impacts South Sudan in different fronts. The first front is also is the migrants. Many migrants come into the country that puts a lot of pressure on your economy. And that really increases demand because you have more people coming to the country. You have more of a demand. Uh, number two, you're seeing a, a, a slight disruption in a supply chain, especially for agricultural towns on South Sudan's border, such as Rang and Awil. So before they would, they would procure and import supplies from Sudanese uh, factories, Sudanese uh, suppliers and traders. But now that has been halted. So many people have resorted to importing things on the black market, smuggling, which has increased the price of these outputs, which is therefore going to increase the price of agriculture products. All prices have fallen by nearly $20. How will this impact South Sudan's economy? And also, let's talk diversity. As South Sudan is facing challenges diversifying the economy, what can the country do to move away from oil? I think the reduction in oil price is going to impact South Sudan's economy Oil accounts for uh, nearly 95% of South Sudan's exports, and it accounts for the majority of the government's revenue. You're looking at almost 70 to 75% of government revenue is predicated on oil prices. So when oil prices go down, it's going to impact the government's revenue, and it's also going to reduce the amount of dollars coming to the central bank. So I think the biggest challenge is going to be how does South Sudan continue to push its diversification and find alternatives to uh, to to its economy. South Sudan continues to face the issue of diversification. As we continue to see, South Sudan is a heavily oil-reliant country. And the only way for it to fully recover economically and prosper, it must diversify into other sectors, such as agriculture, mining, fisheries, livestock. So currently, South Sudan is looking to ways to increase its agriculture production. You're seeing increased farming in a will. Recently, the governor of Northern Bar Khazal uh, that the, where this in a will has pushed for farming of uh, rice. He has rehabilitated the will rice scheme, which has really created some local developments. But the plan now is to increase agricultural outputs. That's one example. You see examples across the state in different parts of South Sudan where local authorities, with support from the national government and NGOs, really want to encourage people to start farming. They want to start ensuring that there's local food security. So it's been a push. It's going to take time, but it's the, it's the right step. The first step is how can South Sudan reduce its reliance on imports and how can South Sudan become more productive outside of oil industry? South Sudan is facing pressure from the IMF and the World Bank to make economic reforms. What are the reforms and what are the challenges? And what are some of the policy recommendations that would address South Sudan's current challenges? Well, the IMF has set some strict conditions for South Sudan because the IMF and the World Bank have been providing technical and financial assistance to the Ministry of Finance and the central bank 
some of the key condition is uh, budgetary frameworks, ensuring that there's a certain amount of reserves, uh, fiscal and financial reforms, particularly in the central bank and the ministry of finance, and then more disciplined economic planning. And that has been the challenge. So the IMF and the World Bank really want South Sudan to manage its reserves properly. They want South Sudan to budget and follow its budget. And they want the South Sudan to enhance non-oil revenue and also manage oil revenues more responsibly. And this is common, especially when institutions like the IMF and the World Bank and other Brenton Woods institutions fund and support governments. They set a lot of preconditions uh, in order to support these these countries. So they've been putting a lot of pressure on South Sudan. And the new central bank governor was a former advisor to the IMF before he was appointed as the central bank governor. So he has been seen as a conduit between South Sudan and the IMF. Well, the policy recommendation that I would give is first and foremost that as much as we do want to diversify the economy, we have to consider that the oil sector is a key sector in the economy. And the best thing that we can do now is push for ways to increase oil production. South Sudan is not producing oil production as it did before the conflict. In 2013, South Sudan was producing nearly 350,000 barrels per day. Now it's currently producing only about 150,000 barrels per day. If South Sudan can push to get to pre-conflict production levels, that extra surplus and that money can help it diversify its economy. And then number two, I would say is that find investors and find financing to do large-scale agriculture in key cash crops like sorghum, sesame, cotton, and then you find export markets for these. South Sudan is a very central location. It can export gum arabic, it can export sorghum, it can export uh, sesame, it can export maize, and there's already market in the region for that. That's the recommendation that I would give. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Nigeria Stock Exchange or Share Index extended gains for the fourth street session to touch a new record high of 71,170, driven by stellar gains in banks, financials, industrials, and energy stocks. Multiverse, Prestige, Sky, Shelter Fund, Northern Nigeria, Flour Mills, NRC Nigeria, Siling Sing, Sky Nigeria were among the top performers in the session. Nigerian equities started to rally at the end of May when the new president, Bola Tinubu, launched reforms to the country's foreign exchange market and scrapped a costly but popular fuel subsidy aiming to revitalize the economy. Johannesburg Stock Exchange listed construction material supplier PPC has concluded an argument to sell its 51% shareholding of Rwandan integrated cement manufacturer Simera for $42.5 million to Kenyan-based National Cement, which is part of East Africa Clinker and Cement Manufacturing Devki Group. The divestment forms part of PPC's strategy to focus on its core Southern African markets and will use the proceeds from the transaction in line with its capital allocation priorities and optimal gearing levels. And a quick trip around Africa. Beginning December 1st, 2023, those who advertise on Facebook in Tanzania will be required to pay value-added tax. The VAT rate in Tanzania is 18%. A social media site owned by Meta has asked those who advertise in Tanzania to add the VAT registration number to their Facebook ad accounts. In 2022, the Tanzanian government hinted at taxing tech giants like Google, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Apple, and all other social media services, arguing that they make a lot of money in the country, yet they do not pay taxes. The Tanzanian Revenue Authority held talks with officials from Meta Platforms as part of the government's plans to introduce the digital services tax targeting big technology companies with Meta, which owns Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, being a major source of revenue. 
Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at the Dome.